afternoon. Welcome back to an episode of It's All About Perspective. I am your host, Robert Hinchliffe. I've been trying to get this person on the podcast for a very long time. I don't know why she decided to do it, but she did. So welcome to my wife, Christy O'Donnell. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm okay. Just, it was just another day. I haven't seen you yet, so I don't even know what happened in your world today. But my day was good. It was good. All right. It was it was hard to get you on here. Why was it hard to get you on here? Um, I don't like talking to people. That's not true. <laughs> well, to some people. I don't like hearing my voice. Is there a reason? No, but I figured it's a new year. So, you know, let's try something new. I appreciate that. If I'm not going to start going to the gym. Might as well try something <laughs> different, you know? True. All right. Well, again, thank you for being here. I don't know why you decided to, but I, I appreciate it. I wouldn't have you on, as you know, because you taught first grade forever. And then you decided to make the jump to sixth grade. So why did you decide to go to middle school? Because people out there is transfer season soon and they're thinking about it. So what? why did you choose to go to middle school from first grade? So... I taught first grade for probably like 15-ish years. You probably know my years better than I do, but something around that. And so 2020 happened and lots of things changed. And I just decided I needed a change in my life. And so I knew the principal over here at FEST because three of our kids went to FEST before. And so I love Roger. And so I needed a Roger in my life at the moment. And so, um, yeah, so that's why I wanted to change. But why... I mean, why did you need a change if you could tell people? Because right now on, uh, you know, with people are trying to decide, do I want to change schools? What, what caused you to make the leap? I mean, you're not afraid to make changes in your life. But why did you do that? Yeah. So honestly, mine was just because of 2020. Um, I was just sick of all the fake stuff going on in the world. I was um, just the hypocrisy of a lot of things. And so um, mainly like, so I taught first grade, we had to wear a mask for that last year that I was in there. And so, you know, I hated that trying to teach first graders how to read with the mask on was ridiculous. Um, and then you see people on TV, you know, like government officials and stuff wearing or not wearing a mask and going places. And so, but yet I had to be in a room with six year olds with one on. Um, and so I was just over it. So I needed a change. Okay, but even then, the rules apply to middle school. Yeah, I needed a Roger in my life. Well, I mean, again, Roger West, <laughs> been on the, he's been on the podcast. He was yeah. like the second one this season. Define that. I, I started raining right when you said that. I don't know if that's like an omen or something, but <laughs> okay, define. Why did you need Roger West in your life? Um, I needed, you know, I just needed to teach. Like, I felt like. I was being micromanaged a lot. And, you know, you've talked about that before on here. I knew Roger wasn't one of those kind of admins. And so, and he hasn't been. And so like I legit come to school every day and I get to teach. I am not bombarded with the, you know, the other things. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I know. I mean, again, I'm married to you. So I realize that you don't like to be controlled in any way. <laughs> Okay, so all right, let's just jump forward. What's the biggest difference between elementary school and middle school? Oh, so many. You want to know the positives or the negatives first? Whichever one you want to roll with. Okay, so let's go with report cards. So I have over 200 kids, which sounds like a lot. And when people hear that, they think, oh my gosh, that's so many. How do you do all those report cards? Uh, the report cards take me less time than doing 30 first grade report cards. So... I love that. Uh, there's no teacher drama in elementary. There's lots of teacher drama, as you know. I don't know why there isn't in middle school, uh, but at least I have not encountered any of it. Everybody kind of just stays in their own lane and does their job. And that's real. like they come here, they do their job, and that's it. Um, I get to teach just one subject. I teach the same lesson six times. So two times um, for two days, I teach the same lesson. So if I suck at it the first time, I get better um, or vice versa. So I get to just change that. So it's kind of nice. Um, what else? I don't have to do maps or SBAC. 
So that's science because um, I'm sixth grade science. So I don't have any testing. So that is amazing. I legit just get to teach science. Um, in middle school, I feel that there's not as many interruptions during your teaching period. Um, we do have, you know, interruptions with behavior and all that kind of stuff um, every once in a while. But as far as like, um, like assemblies and things like that, I just feel like in elementary, like there's always something other than what you're teaching. Um, there's something to do. And in middle school, I just teach science. So that's awesome. Um, some negatives, I don't know most of the people who work at this school. Well, I was um, going to say, like, earlier, you're like, you know, there's all kinds of teacher drama in elementary school, which is true, and I don't know why. But then, you know, you don't have that. But I was wondering, like, do you miss the camaraderie because your best friends yes, were in elementary school? And now, you know, you have friends, but they're not your best friends. So do you yeah, miss that? I do miss that. And, um, like, I know the people in my 600 building. Um, I don't know them well, but I do know them. But you know, I mean, we've been places before we were at, um, one of our daughter's, um, theater performances. And I like knew a lady, I knew I knew her, but I didn't know how I knew her and I worked with her. And so, um, that happens a lot. And so that's very strange because in elementary, you know, everybody very well. So, um, but I'm at a point in my life where I don't need any extra friends. And so I'm good with it and I'm good with the no drama. So, Okay. I mean, that makes sense. And yeah. well, I mean, in reality, you don't really like drama anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not true. I mean, I guess it depends on the topic and everything. Um, okay. So middle school, we've talked about this all the time. I'm not, ba I'm not made for middle school no. at all. Um, what, in your opinion, is the biggest problem plaguing middle schools? Because if you ask a lot of people, they will say that our neediest areas are middle schools. Mm -hmm. Is it because the kids are hitting puberty and they got hormones or, you know, they have drama or they have attitudes? What's the biggest problem plaguing middle schools? Yeah, I mean, I feel, I mean, when you're in middle school, you have no idea who you are. So they're trying to figure themselves out. And then social media, obviously, is a huge problem. Um, having their phones here at school, I think, is a problem. I, However, I think Fest does a great job of keeping it under control, especially in sixth grade. They know that they have to have their phones put away. If they are out, they get them taken away. We just call a campus monitor and it goes up to the office. The parents have to come pick it up after three times, I believe. Um, so I don't have any phone problems, um, but I think it's like the after school social media, that kind of stuff that, you know, the kids are struggling with. Um, and I feel like also something that's kind of interesting is in elementary school, when you call home or you have a parent meeting and you let a parent know, hey, Johnny did this. And I remember what, for instance, one time I had a kid punch somebody right in front of me. And I told the parent and the parent said, no, he didn't. And I said, I saw him do it. And then they asked him and he said, no. And so it, it's just weird how the parent always believes the kid in elementary school. However, in middle school, for the most part, all the parent meetings that I've had, the parent takes responsibility for the kid's behavior and acknowledges it and doesn't say, oh, that doesn't happen. Like they know their kids like that. And so how are we going to help them? How are we going to fix this? So that's kind of nice. That's interesting though, because I would, I don't know why that happens. Um, I'm actually fascinated by the fact you said that because I just have a hard time believing, or maybe like you said, in middle school, they've already figured out their kids are paying the butt. And so they're like, well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, or if something, they're good, then they're, you know, they'll take responsibility for it that way. I don't know. Yeah. And something that helps out too, whenever we have um, a parent meeting, the, like I had one this morning. And so with the kid and a parent and the counts, two counselors, and we had the science teacher, me, the reading teacher and the math teacher. in. Um, this one wasn't a behavior issue, but typically on a behavior issue, we have all the teachers, um, so you can have anywhere between three and seven um, teachers in on a meeting. And so when you have all these different teachers kind of saying the same, um, the same thing, then can you push past music? So he's coming in the vacuum my room. Oh, never mind. He's going somewhere else. Sorry. Um, so they, um, you know, you have all these teachers saying the same thing um, when I don't even know the teacher next to me. So 
and the parent starts to pick up on that. And then a lot of times you recognize, oh, they're doing horrible in their core classes with behavior, but in specials, um, like in band or PE, they're totally fine. So, But that's because they, they like that probably, or they like yeah. their electives. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's switch gears here. Oh, I still have some more positives and negatives though. Well, okay, share them. I mean, if there's more positive and negatives, then let everybody know because there's people trying to make a decision. Do I want to go to middle school or not? So I made an extra $8,000 a year this year. So that's one of my positives. What, you want me to say that? <laughs> well, but I worked my butt off for it. So I sell my preps almost every single day. Um, and so you don't like that. It's fine. It's just... <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that stuff. Well, I think that's important though, you know, for people like me, you know, who are motivated by money. And so I wasn't able, like you, you let your teachers sell their preps. Um, When at my old school, I wasn't allowed to sell my preps. And so I wasn't able to make any extra money. So um, here I'm able to. So I enjoy that. (laughs) It helps with my spending habits. Yes. And I appreciate that greatly. That's true. All right. What are the other positives? You can keep it going. All right. Um, Admin is super supportive, kind of in a different way than like elementary supportive. I feel in elementary when, um, when a parent complains to you, you want to make that parent happy. You um, do everything that you can to I'm not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying. No, I'm just saying like, I think I'm going to push back on that one because I think that depends on your personality. Cause I've worked with plenty of teachers that don't give a shit if they make a parent happy or not. No, I'm saying like, if, if a parent complains to, um, my principal about me, something I said or did, um, the principal will follow up on it. The principal will not like automatically accuse me of something. I feel that just because maybe it's because of middle school. I mean, like this younger kids, a lot of times they do tell the truth a lot more than the middle school kids. So I think if somebody goes home and tells their parents something they I said or did, um, admin's not going to come and reprimand me for it. Like they might, they're going to come talk to me, but I don't feel like attacked by them. And then they're looking out for us more than they're looking out for, to make the parent happy. And I appreciate that. I think that's a leadership style, though, because if a parent came and said, Miss um, O'Donnell called my kid a dumb shit, hypothetically, uh-huh. you know, like I think some people would probably think about just giving you a notice and investigating that. Absolutely. Yeah. As to where, you know, Roger or myself, we're going to we're just going to say like, yes. hey, this is what was said. Yes. You know, what do you got to say? Christy's going to say, yeah, I said it. And I'll say, all right, we'll figure out a way out of it. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's just a leadership style. And Roger's just so laid back. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, that's so that's a positive working at Fest, not necessarily middle school. All right. All right. What other negatives you got? Um, I can't think of anything right now. I'll get back to you. (laughs) All right. Let's shift gears. Okay. Okay. You and I agree on very little. (laughs) <laughs> educationally. I mean, we just, I think we just discuss more than we probably agree on. Can you think of an opinion of education that I have that drives you crazy? So, I mean, we disagree on a lot, but I think the main argument that we've had over the years is AR. All right. So I'm not in accelerated reader elementary anymore. So it doesn't really, you know, matter to me that much, but um, you know, and most of my elementary experience was in first grade. And you've always been a strong AR supporter over the years. True. Um, I believe in, especially in kinder and first grade, teaching the love of reading. I don't believe in teaching a test. Well, let's start with AR. I, If I remember correctly, in order to find your level, you take a placement test, correct? True. Okay. In kinder and first grade, they're taking that placement test, and those kids are guessing and pushing buttons. But wouldn't you say, so let's just have fun so everybody can enjoy our our relationship. Wouldn't you say that that is a, uh, yes, no, true. Some kids just push because they don't care. But but not because they don't care. They can't read in kinder and first. And so that's but you don't give them one until they're ready to do it, though. Okay. 
So if they're ready to do it and they're ready to take an online test, they take math now. So if they're ready to take an online test, a reading test to get a level and they just push it, wouldn't that be kind of a teacher no, classroom so management you're issue? Me, you're telling me in first grade, you don't um, make the kids AR test at the beginning of the year? No, they do if they're ready. We have a, what's called rainbow readers to make sure they're ready. But if they don't know their vowel sound, their vowels, okay, then the they letters, have, then no. And they're not do, reading the AR books? No, we've, um, we've, uh, we've evolved a little bit with that. Okay, but that's how you started, right? Yeah, because back in the day, that's how you did it. Okay, so that's back in the day when, I mean, I only right. did it two years, I think, about. Um, and so that's how it was. And so that's why we steered away if, from it because I could not... If, if this Robert could go back to that time, I would agree with you on that. So, well, then no argument, then we're good. <laughs> but also, I mean, I just believe in creating a love for reading in those younger years. And when you're, te you're teaching them to read and take a test, and I'm so over the test taking stuff, and you are too, you know, and it's, I think there's a time and a place to take a test. And I feel we're making these kids test all the time. And so, um, when they're going to the library and picking out those AR books, I mean, the library should be a great place for kids to go. Our kids, you know, two of them, I guess two out of our five, love going to the <laughs> library and picking out books. Um, they have a love for reading. But if they had it, if, if Audrey and Kinsey had to take a test every time they read a book, do you think they would love reading as much as they do? So allow me to push back. I believe that you can create a love of reading with AR because the kids have a choice about what they want to read and they learn to love to read about topics. Kinsey was brought up on AR that she went to did my she enjoy taking the test. Yes. All right. She did AR. She was a million cl word club reader. So was Harper. They were brought up on AR. I think so much of it depends on the teacher and how they sell AR to create the love of reading. If you're telling the, so this is my struggle. Would you rather have so you liked Wonders? I know you liked No. Oh, no? Wonder it was Wonders that basil that you worked at. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. So you yeah. loved you liked Wonders. Maybe loved isn't the right word. The thing I liked about, it as a resource. Yes, of course. All everything resource. We agree on <laughs> we agree on that. Nothing with fidelity. But it's um the Wonders, it has the the books and the kids have to read that story. There's no choice. In AR, if they are able to go read about baseball or football or pigs or chickens, mm -hmm. they can at their level. So they learn to love to read because... I feel I did that in my small groups. I feel that they were able... I mean, I did small group reading and then they were able to go pick whatever books they wanted to read. But how I do you know they were comprehending the books that they were reading when they weren't in your small groups? Because I would go around and ask them questions as they were reading. Well, what isn't that a form of assessment, just like a, a computer? It, yes, but I'm also building a relationship, whereas the computer can't build a relationship. <laughs> All right, good, good rebuttal there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have anything else that drives you crazy that I believe? I mean, I'm sure there's tons, but I mean that's the main one that I we are. Well, the one that I thought of was I always say, like, if you just have relationships with kids, you can fix almost any kid. Oh, yeah. You always said that. Um, and you were no, like, in middle school, you've really kind of pushed back on that one. No. So I believe you said you said all kids, not most kids. So I do believe all, I think all. All, someone can get through to someone. But that one kid that's the <laughs> terrible kid, in order for anybody ever to get through to them, it's going to come down to having a relationship in some way with that kid. So what you're telling me is when we go to our kids' middle school and high school um, basketball and football games, you will be more tolerant to those kids doing those inappropriate things? No, because that's not who I am. But what I'm saying is that in order for the behaviors to change in any kid or any school, it all comes down to relationships. And everybody that teaches any of those kids should try to form a relation. Look, you have relationships. You have a kid that went to Texas and sent you a picture of his, um, whatever it was, his plants that the restaurant's eating. Hydroponic. Hydroponic. Why did that kid do that? Yeah. I No, I get that. Um, but one of the downfalls for science too, um, 
So I only see the kids every other day for 80 minutes. So it is harder for me to build relationships with the kids, whereas English and math get to see them every day for 80 minutes. Um, and then, you know, in elementary, you have the kids all day long. Mm -hmm. So, but it is nice to sometimes send them on their way and go on to the next batch of kids too. So, I mean, there's, you know, pros and cons to everything, but it is more difficult to build those relationships is my point with middle school and seeing them every other day. And then you throw in being absent too, then, you know, that's a whole nother ball game. I mean, I can go weeks without seeing kids sometimes. That's fair. That's fair. They have to be, I think we all, I mean, we can agree, like they got to be at school or you're not going to. Be able to do what you can. Yeah. Okay. What about this profession bugs you? Like teaching, just what what bugs you? What just makes you like get angry about the profession of teaching? Okay. Well, CCSD. So not bad, right? Careful, but still. (laughs) CCSD. I mean, if we were able just to like be at our school and teach and be with kids, I mean, that would be amazing, right? Um, It's all the extra paperwork. I mean, I go, I sit in like at least two to three IEPs a week. Um, I'm the gen ed teacher that gets to do that. Um, And so, which I get CUs for it. So I don't mind, obviously. But that's a lot, you know? You mean like the paperwork for an IEP? Paper, well, I mean, I don't have to do that, but just like the extra stuff, you know? So the extra stuff in general, like for example, when you were in elementary school, SLPPs. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's so. Oh, that's another positive of middle school <laughs> uh, that I don't have to do. So the extra stuff. Uh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Also, if we're talking about things that don't matter, right behind me, I have my fabulous learning intentions and success criteria posted, you know? doesn't matter. Is it that it doesn't matter that it's posted or it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter that it's posted. Okay. So some teachers may disagree with you and me because I don't agree with it either, um, that they need it posted so they can refer back to it or the kids can refer back to it. And that's the only way they can stay on track. I feel what? So when admin comes in and you ask, what are you learning about? Then they're able to look up there. I mean, you know, we, you and I have played that game before, right? Yeah. And so just because they can say it, does it mean, uh, do they know it? Which goes into, okay, something else if you want to talk about. I have a question for you. What is the purpose of kids going to school? The purpose of kids going to school is for them to learn what they need to be successful in all facets of life. Why? Okay. So do you feel that when these kids graduate, they are successful? In all I would say it highly depends on the school they went to, the teachers they had, and the job the parents did in many ways. I would say those are the three biggest factors. If you go to school and you graduate and you had 12 terrible teachers, I mean, almost everybody graduates in CCSD. You had 12 terrible teachers and you still can't barely read. You're definitely not ready for all facets of life. If you went to school and you had 12 teachers that did not teach you how to be responsible. Hold up. Let's stop right there. So with you said being able to read. Okay. So by going through 12, 13 years of school in CCSD or any school, you know, and you've lived here in the United States, should you know how to read and do basic math facts? Yes. Okay. So in sixth grade, I have had kids who, you know, speak English, they don't have any, they don't have an IEP, they don't have any of those other things going on. They cannot write a complete sentence. And they they don't have an IEP. Nope, they do not have an IEP. That is a breakdown of the elementary school. That is fully on the elementary school. Because even if you missed a third of the year, you should still be at third grade level Mm -hmm. by the time you get to sixth grade. I guess that would be half. You should still be at second grade level. We have sixth graders who are reading like at a third grade level. Um, Now, I, I I can't judge the elementary school without more information, though. Because like you just said and you agreed with, if they haven't been in school... Mm-hmm. You can't blame the school or the teacher. Mm-hmm. That okay, will go back so, to the parents, which is what I put in there also. Yeah. Um, question. Go. 
which is helping with this. I so, appreciate that you're trying to get me on my own podcast. I am. Watch, right me. Watch me. So in elementary school, what kind of things do you learn about in history? Like, give me a few things you learned in history in elementary school. Uh, right off the top of my head, just teaching, well, not mine. Um, well, although I remember reading about Gettysburg, I think I was in fifth grade back home. And I was just fascinated by that. That's why I love the Civil War. But then when I taught fourth grade, that's all Nevada history. Okay. Um, being a first grade teacher, we taught Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, um, Christopher Columbus, right? Okay. Middle school. What kind of middle school social studies did you learn? I, I, I don't... Uh... I'm old. You know, I don't have okay. a good memory. So let's go, maybe like it's, geography, the Civil War, right? Like that okay, kind of, so okay, okay, you can you can go with that. I mean, you can combine geography with the Civil War if you okay. really let's want to. Let's go with high school. What kind of history did you learn in high school? So that would be like the U.S. Constitution, all of that stuff. Back when I went to school, you learned a lot about U.S. history. Okay. So I know you love watching those certain shows where. They're interviewing people and they ask questions about basic history. Like how many states do we have? Yeah. Okay. And isn't it amazing how many people don't know these answers? Yes. It, it is actually America. almost infuriating when people cannot name who the president is or who the first president yeah. was. There's no excuse to not know the history of the country, good and bad. Okay. So, and a lot of times, if I'm not mistaken, these interviews are done on college campuses. That's very true. There are usually the kids on spring break. Okay. So you've gone through 12 years of school, 12, 13 years of school. Now you're in college. So you've gotten your high school diploma, yet you don't know how many states there are or who was the first president. Okay. Right? So, so go ahead. You're trying to prove a point right now. Go ahead. So what is the purpose? The purpose of school, okay, the purpose of school, as I said, is to teach students, people, the skills they need to be successful in life. However, you're doing a good job because technically I could say, well, I don't need to know there's 50 states to be successful in life. So I think what you're trying to do is get to one of my questions here, um, which kind of talks about conspiracies of education. <laughs> I don't know how long you thought this out. Maybe this is why you haven't been honest as you've been plotting this out for months. But I see one of the things that I drives me nuts is so much in education. The kids don't need to know. They don't need to know. I mean, well, do they need to know algebra two? I don't think so. Do they need to know sine and cosine? Not unless you're going to go be an architect, learn that in college. So there's a ton of our school system that does not need to be taught. And then there's a ton of stuff that needs to be taught that isn't. So is that going into like, I was going to say, what's your biggest like conspiracy you talk about with, with school? Is that kind of where you're trying to? Kind of, yeah. So um, in college, becoming a teacher, what kind of history did we have to take? Uh, so in college, I don't, honestly, elementary ed, I don't remember having to quote unquote take history, but I remember taking history because I learned about um, ancient ancient of, civilizations. Did you have to take that? I did. Chose? I chose that. Like you could choose like yeah, certain yeah. history to yeah. get your degree. Well, I learned about the history of rock and roll, the history of classical music. Those were the history classes I took. And then I also took um, elementary social studies, which I think we all had to take. Right. I had to teach elementary social studies. Okay. Um. So, but have we ever been taught about the history of the educational system? No. So in any like business, you're taught the history of the business, right? You're taught the history of whatever it is that you're doing. Like you need to know where it came from, where it's been, where it's going in order to make changes, right? I mean, I would say that would be a good nugget of information to have. Um, and so I just feel like we don't know about the history of the educational system. I feel like you really want to use this forum to tell people <laughs> your, your view. And I, I mean, again, you're, you're welcome to say what you want. I don't, I know you just want to go off on your tangent. I know you well enough, but. So, I, I mean, you know yeah, so you're, you're, again, you're trying to get into, 
the history of education and why the system is like it is. So do you know how many um, really successful people have not gone to college? Tons. Tons, right? Um, so like I know Bill Gates, for instance, hasn't, right? Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I think they went to college. I don't think they graduated. Oh, okay. Steve Jobs? Same. Russell Simmons, Ted Turner. I don't know about that. Okay. Okay, so there's tons of them, right? Who, but they're all very successful because they have a skill, right? Well, I would say they're successful because they have determination. Yeah, which we don't, we're lacking big time with kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, very little. They have grit. Yeah, absolutely. In order to um, build a business, like if you look at Mark Cuban, who used to like sell vacuums. To build up, you have to have grit and determination and a will and a desire that most people do not have these days. Um, well, so the system. And that well, usually means you're getting ready to tell us all about it. Um, okay. So back in the olden days, like 18, 1900s, right? Did kids go to school? If they could and they didn't have to work on the farm or help support things. It depends on the family. Like Abe Lincoln's dad did not um, value reading at all, but Mm -hmm. Abe loved to read. Yeah. So it just depends. Yes. Um, Did Abe go to school? No. No. Uh, I think he was was homeschooled by his stepmom after his original mom died. Okay. So he didn't go to school, yet he loved to read and he learned how to read. And he became a president, which is crazy, right? He, He learned how to do all this stuff. And then he went to law school. He became a lawyer. Um, I don't know if he went to law school, but he became a lawyer. Back then, I'm sure the rules were different. You didn't have to go to law school. Um, so from what I know, like kids would go to school like a couple hours a week or they went to Sunday school and like that's where they would learn. To well, but it depends. Like if you watch Laura Ingalls Wilder, like she went to school. Absolutely. But during that school, did they sit in a box that I'm in right now with no windows for six hours? No, no, no. Okay. With the fluorescent lighting that is horrible for us, that does so much damage to our kids. Um, that's helping them with their ADHD and going nuts in the classroom, you know? Um, so I just think it was different to where they were able to learn real life skills. I think they went to school, they did reading, writing, and math. Um, like we didn't, they did not have to sit here and learn a bunch of stuff that they're not going to remember. But how much is that just because of the system back then and the lack of knowledge and the lack of uh, access to all of that? So one could think that, and that's what I used to think until I learned about the history of the educational system. So John D. Rockefeller um, helped with the educational, why are you laughing at me? Educational <laughs> system. Um, and I appreciate so, your passion about this. It just I know you know I have a huge passion about it. So, do you know what one of his most famous quotes are? No. I don't want thinkers. I want workers. Okay. Well, I can push back on that and say, back in the day, if you uh, if you're doing. Um, you want people that aren't thinking and they're just focused on one task. Yeah. They wanted people to work in factories. They want. Yeah, so you're right. We don't want you to think about things. We want you to focus on the one thing you have to do. So it would make sense that he wanted workers and not thinkers. Plus the thinkers are thinking, how can I make this better and go do my own thing? Um, do you remember the other day when I asked you, I, when you were, upstairs and you were writing and I said, what if I interrupted you when you were totally engaged in what you were doing and you were passionate about it? And I, and I said, you know, there's some sort of problem. How would that make you feel? And what did you say? It would make me annoyed. Yeah. So when we're in a classroom and a kid is totally engaged in something, whether like if they could be learning about dinosaurs or whatever it is that they're interested in, and then the bell goes off. Or the teacher says, we're moving to math right now. Um, how do you think that makes the kid feel? It, it most likely annoys them. Okay. but If they're focused and in it. Yes. But we don't even give it the kids like a chance to get that deep into something before we're switching on to the next thing. 
because we have to teach math for 120 minutes or whatever it is. We're on to the next one. Okay. Or, or in elementary, um, middle school is not my thing. In elementary, I see in fourth and fifth grade many times, not all the time, it's hard to get them into things that deep because their brains are wired to need change because they're on technology from the time they're born. And so it's hard to get them stamina. We talk about stamina all the time at Thompson. It's hard to build stamina. Thus, it's hard to get them engaged in learning. And in order to do that, the teacher has to do a great job of getting the kids to buy in personally to what they're doing. Otherwise, they won't buy into it and they won't focus. However, if you're going back to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Wilder days, the kids would sit there and they would be engaged in what the teacher just standing there speaking. But that's because where now we have to do a dog and pony show for the kids for them to be engaged. And they're still not engaged because they're so hooked on the social media. Uh, I don't disagree with you that social media is causing the decline of the United States in many ways. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, it's just a factor that you have to deal with. Probably back in the 1850s, they had to deal with if it was really human, the kids got tired or did they even eat or things like that. Mm-hmm. I think every every educational generation has a, a problem. In the 70s, yeah. it was probably kids smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. It's probably that today too, but – you know, like everybody has issues depending mm-hmm. on when, what generation you're in. Mm-hmm. I got you thinking. That's good. No. You want me to keep going? <laughs> we can talk about the periodic table. Okay. <laughs> what do you know about that? I teach science. I don't know anything. Okay? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I know that gold is AU. Is what? AU. What's gold. AU? That's the abbreviation oh. for gold. <laughs> Um, or like a squared plus B squared, like all of this, like Pythagorean theorem, unnecessary information, or what about like PE, for instance, how many times have our kids came home and said that they just walk around a track all day in PE, like a few. Okay. And so are like, I mean, health, you want me to talk about health? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know if we have all night. I don't know if the people have already stopped listening to you or not, or they're just laughing at us. But I mean, okay. So I was going to say, I will bet that if, well, I don't know after talking to you now, but if you could make one huge change in our profession, like schools overall, I was going to say, I'll bet it would be the kind of food the kids are eating because you're good friends with Jen Vallejos, who was on here a few weeks ago. Like you two are on a mission for health. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with no. That would be my second one. Okay. So during the whole 2020 thing, when I was thinking about I needed a change in my life, I was looking into micro schooling, different types of schools, right? Um, Different options. Um, But then me being so far in for retirement and stuff, just financially, it doesn't make sense. However, if I were to go back in my career, I would definitely not choose a public school system. Um, I would do something, just something different. Um, you know, I want to go move on a farm and like, I would love to do some homeschooling things to where we can actually like learn some like real life skills. Okay. Now, if I may, I do not like when people who work in public schools. I know, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, I don't like that. Like teachers that send their kids to private school, but work at public school, that really bugs me. Um, and I'm, you know, my daughter's with me the whole time. Um, but why can't we enhance the kids' education? Like I grew up on a farm. I went to school, but then we learned about the farm. So even though we live in the suburbs, why can't we enhance their education some way? We have a chicken outside for Pete's sakes. So, you know, you're saying you would take them away from the public school system. And I'm saying, no, I wouldn't because there's a lot, there's so much good, from a free public school education system, no matter what. Every kid has the right, as long as they behave, to be in a public school and learn something, whether or not the access it is up to them. Okay, so it's free, just like our free lunch and our free breakfast. Right? It has to be, because if it wasn't, Many people can't afford to go to school and then we'd have a society that's even stupider than it is now. No, my point is with the free is 
So of course it's free. And now the kids are eating the free lunch and the free breakfast. What are they eating? <laughs> They're eating food they shouldn't. <laughs> Why? I mean, it's from CCSD. It's from, it, not. I mean, and it's not just CCSD. It's everywhere. But again, I made this point with Jen. The reason that they have to do this and they can't afford to get it all to be healthy is because it's such a huge undertaking in our district to feed that many kids. Okay. So I'm going to disagree with you because okay. Shocker. <laughs> my friend, Jen, <laughs> um, her son came home one day um, and she thought he was joking, but he said, Hey mom, in the vending machine at school, there's Red Bull, Prime, Coke, Mountain Dew, and Monster Energy drinks at school. And she thought, no way is he abs is he telling the truth because, you know, we go to a public school who has like these health rules. You know, the rules. I mean, we watch these. How many how many hours do we spend a year watching those back to school videos about like regulations and rules? You know, and I have to post all my my things. We have to follow the rules. But they CCSD has these rules yet in many high schools middle schools and elementary schools, there are vending machines with these drinks. So you're, um, you're again, you're on a crusade against something that's very hard to, to police and not so much anymore, but back in the day, those vending machines funded pizza parties and things like that. So now you're probably going to get into conspiracy care. about that. I know no. you don't care, but the I point is, is there's there's a book from CCSD that says you're not allowed to have soda, like basic Coke, Sprite. You're, you're not, not. No, the rule is you can't sell it between X time and X time. Okay. Well, the now, that doesn't gonna... happen. That no. doesn't happen. I don't want to say people are following those rules. I'm not going to say that. We don't have any vending machines at Thompson, so life is good. But you're, I, I know what you're trying to say. The vending machines are bad they're giving things that are bad for kids and they contribute to all of the unhealthy um things that we see in kids and it's not making the system better mm -hmm. so but i mean that's more of a school site-based decision like to put those things on your campus but ccsd is giving the kids in the school lunch because on that same week you sent me a picture of doritos you, yes you sent doritos which has the red 40 in it and jen sent me the same picture two days later um, so it wasn't just a fluke one day. And so we're giving these kids red 40 on a regular basis and they're not remembering things. They're not performing. They're having behavior problems. And we're asking, why are they, why is this happening? Well, we're, we're making it happen. Again, I don't disagree with you on the red 40 and the bad things in the food. What I'm trying to tell you is from an admin upper level perspective, you're, you want to steer the Titanic. And that I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying there's no appetite to put the work in to do it. Well, I would love that job. Jen and I have been talking about taking over that job in CCSD. We just need some more information about it. If you can find out for us. <laughs> You'd be fired in a week. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Again, I know I, I don't disagree with you, but mm -hmm. we in education, not just in Vegas, do a terrible job of making change. You know, I, 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 it drives me crazy. Like that we aren't changing things. Like that's my job. I'm a, I'm a fixer changer. Yeah. And you, uh, you do a lot of change though, but you are not the norm. So there's you know, no doubt about that. And you know, like you've always said, like, why can't people be like us, you know? And so. No, what I say is they can't all be like you or me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can tell you why is because they don't, well, one is they're afraid to break rules. Mm -hmm. Two is they're well, afraid to live in the- They're afraid to break rules, but they're not afraid to break the vending machine rule. No, well- You know, I'm being serious. Like, so they can, I, I have to have these posted. Look, every, I have a quote on Twitter. I put up every now and then. Everybody follows 100% of the the rules they agree with. Okay, so again, it all depends on your your perspective of the rules and can we live like that? And then probably a little bit of, am I going to ever get caught? And if I do get caught, what's going to happen? There's just a lot of facets to everything. The rules are there. I mean, but there's there's laws and rules that make no sense because they're from 1840. 
it just depends on if we if we know them and then if we follow them. A lot of people probably don't know you can't sell um, soda to kids between this time and that time. And how many parents don't know that that vending machine exists, especially in a high school? Like, you know, because you're not stepping foot on the high school campus that much. Okay, now I can, but I can say that if you've done a good, I mean, I can push back on this one. If, if Christy doesn't want her kids to drink soda, then the kids should not go to the vending machine. It's a, it's a choice. It's a personal choice in high school. They're old enough to make their own decisions. No, we should not be in a public school, be giving them bad options like that. Okay. Again, we're just, this is what we do. We just talk about this. Okay. All right. It's been 45 minutes. It goes oh, by fast and crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. Probably the, probably the first time we've talked 45 minutes straight in a long time. All right. Would you like to work for a principal like me? I don't know. I mean, so right now in my, at my age in my career, I would say no. Why? Um, so like, well, let's, if I was like 25, um, and young and I had energy and I didn't have kids and I was ready to change the world, I would love to work for you. Um, I think you have a fabulous school. I love your teachers. Um, I love hanging out with them. I love going to your, you know, school functions. It is definitely like a cool vibe. However, I'm too old now. <laughs> so what you're saying is you are completely okay being mediocre. <laughs> there you go. No, I'm not okay being mediocre. Well, I you just be, said you would not want to work change. for So I have done elementary school for 15 plus years. Okay. And so I I've needed, done it for 24. Okay. So I'm just saying I needed a change. And I was, I, I so just, What you're saying is you went to middle school where you could work less. No, I did not. I work, I, I make somebody just walked in. Um, I manage my time better. Okay. Why do you manage your time better in middle school than elementary school? You, you can manage your time. There's, there's a lot more. It's just, it's different because you know, you are, you are there. You, I mean, you guys are like magic makers at your school. Okay. That's it's the whole amazing. idea. I mean, I take off a day every year to come to your school because it's a fabulous day, you know, but I don't know. It's just, I'm just not at the point in my life where I would want to work for you. So hypothetically, if I, not that I can, but if I came to Fest and I took over and I'm like, Hey, we are doing, we are making magic people. And if you don't like it, hit the road. You would, you would be like, I'm not working. I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. No, absolutely not. I think um, maybe middle school would be different. Well, first of all, I think it would be fun to watch you come to middle school. <laughs> no, it um, wouldn't be. It would be fun. <laughs> um, but no, it's just middle school is a different vibe. And so it's just different. But it's not I would at, love to make magic happen at middle school. I would okay, love but, that. But there's a school not far from your school that is making magic happen. Yep. They're actually here at our school right now in a basketball tournament. So why, why are they doing it and you're not? Well, I mean, but have, we say that they are, but do we really Oh yeah, we're not there. We don't know for sure, of course, but yeah. And everything you see on social media is just what people put out. But the overall consensus is they are making more magic than most middle schools. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to change. You know, I'm open to change. (laughs) As long as you agree with it. No, I am open. All right. So, hey, let's go get a bag of Doritos and at home. Well, let's make some changes. That doesn't even make sense, Robert. It does because you're not going to change that. That doesn't make sense. All right. Okay. So you would not like to work for someone like me if you were experienced. So what you're saying is that anybody out there that's 20 years plus don't apply to Thompson. No. It's just where I'm, it's a personal choice for me, you know, so it just depends where you're at in your life. I think if maybe like, um, you know, I mean, because I did a lot the past like 15 years, you know? And so I think maybe if I didn't have that at all, 
I would love to come work for you, you know, because I know you have people like that who come from those, you know, certain types of schools. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is just so great. Like, I love how we do all this, you know. So if I didn't have any of that, I would love to come to your school. I am just tired. Most educators are tired. And, you know, like the people at Thompson, they're they're like exhausted at the end of Rock Your School a Day or various other things. Um, and God bless them. You know, a lot of people don't apply Thompson because a lot of people don't want to mm-hmm. put forth the effort that those ladies do. Mm-hmm. So we agree on that. Yeah. And All it's right. just like in your career, like, I mean, every once in a while, you, you've made some changes, you know, because yeah. you needed a change. So this is just a change that I needed. Yeah. I don't disagree. You, you're much happier. I mean, right. I'm much happier. <laughs> yeah. You're a lot, you're a lot easier. To, I don't know. I don't know if you're a lot easier to live with the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I come home and you ask me how my day was and how, you know, do I react most days? It was great. It was great. Yeah. Oh, my lesson was this and this, and this kid did this. And then like every day it's great. And I'm like, that's great. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I mean, I get to teach about fecal transplants, the microbiome, you know, metabolism. So that's cool for me. But see, that's one good change education has made, I feel like, is that you're, you know, you're now teaching about that. You have kids that are learning about food and all the bioengineered food in their pantry. I mean, it's not that you're not making a difference. It's just whether or not they actually follow through with it. Yeah. Well, I did, I have had several kids tell me they are never eating Skittles again. So that's good. So you feel like you're doing your part to save the world. Yes, I am. Awesome. All right. Well, this, this wasn't that bad being on here, was it? No, no, you survived. I did. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) Well, hopefully, I don't know. We'll see if anybody emails me and says, uh, we need to talk. (laughs) Maybe somebody might offer me that health position you know what? Maybe. I mean, I don't, again, you and Jen, hypothetically, it's, but you know, you could say any, not anybody, a lot of people could go to a different place and make a positive change. It's whether or not the other people would let the positive change happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the end, it all comes down to control or money, but mostly control. Mm -hmm. So, All right. Well, you know the ending. Thank you very much. But no matter where you stand on the issues, in the end... It's all about my perspective. (laughs) Most days, that's true. (laughs) Thank you.